That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's your favorite segment here on Six Rings. You know it. You love it. It's Pat's Potpourri or Pat's Puri, as Andy Hart likes to call it, where we just touch on a little bit of everything else swimming through and floating about the Pat's Nation Osphere. Uh, I would like to begin, actually, with a question from somebody who is watching us on Facebook Live as we record. Andy, Dandy Andy, could you please answer Mo Marie Labrie? <laughs> yeah, you know me. <laughs> okay, if Edelman returns to football, and the fact that we're even doing this drives me nuts, and I hated the comment in the first place, but we'll humor it. Not yours, Mo Marie. Edelman's. If Edelman returns to football, please tell me it will be with New England. I can't stand watching any former players reunite on TB's team down south. Andy, just give me a, do you think he's coming back? And if he does, who would it be? With No. And if he does, the Patriots. Thank you. I feel the Very exact simple. same. He wants his name out there for relevance. He's, a whore. he's an yes. attention whore. Absolutely. He is Dunzo. Dun Scarino. Dun Doodley. He's he's Nora Dunn. He is Dunzorama. He has bone on bone in at least uh, if not both knees. He was a human operation board in 2019. There is no way this guy can play football anymore. How he was able to even strap him up uh and get out there for a couple games in 2020 uh, is a testament to his will, his strength. And some really good drugs. But no, he's not playing football again. And I don't, I mean. I don't want him to also. Like, that's yeah, fine. That's yeah, you're done. And I don't mean it disrespectfully. Or not. Like, no. he's moved on. We've moved on. He's right. in the media. He's doing other projects, all these things. And the team needs to develop its identity in terms of Bourne and Myers and maybe Trey Nixon and maybe Nelson right. Aguilar. Give like, these guys a chance to grow. It's not your time anymore, Edelman. And I don't really want to see him come back. And even if he had one game, that's like, I don't know. It's just that whole like leg fading legend. Like uh, you're gone. Like just be gone. It's it's okay. Everything glory hounding. No, it reminds me of that movie. The wrestler. It's like, I don't want to see you die on the field. Right. I don't want but to see I also like understand him being a smart uh, marketer and spokesman mm -hmm. and, and like, keep your name out there. Any publicity is good publicity. Like just be vague and throw it around. But if he did come back, I'll just I'll humor it for the the second because here we are. I it's can't, I can't see how he would turn his back on Foxborough forever and all that crap. Like it would and, and it would be dumb. It would be quite. It would be a short term splash and a long term mistake to leave New England. If he is the marketing savant, uh, the self promotionalist, the businessman that he has proven so well to be in the last couple of years, having learned at the heels of TB12 and his growing alien space food, stretching clinic, movie making, special effects empire, he would have to know it would be bad for business. Business would not be booming any longer, at least in the Northeast corridor, if he took his talents elsewhere. Andy, I wrote a little piece today as we record on a Thursday. Hopefully you're enjoying this Friday or over the weekend, uh, getting ready for your Father's Day, whatever happens on this final weekend before summer. A little piece about uh, Trent Brown's appearance on the Pat McAfee show on Wednesday, June 15th. He had a lot of interesting things to say. Trent Brown has this offseason made several appearances on freeform, unfiltered sports talk shows. First, back at the end of match on uh, Pad and My Take. And it was a fun interview. Uh, you know, the football guys mocking but loving football all the same. And then he just did McAfee. And I found what he had to say very uh, 
it, it gave me cause for optimism. Sure. It all just depends on how his knees and especially how his calves hold up this season as to how much we'll get a chance to love, enjoy, and appreciate the work of ginormous Trent Brown. But to me, he's kind of emerging as a sneaky team leader. I was talking about Bill Belichick called him cool as shit, said coach walks on the treadmill two hours a day and has his laptop and an iPad up there with him as he's making notes and watching game film, said Mac Jones first in, last out, uh, can be funny, but he knows when to turn it on, when to turn it off, likes hanging out with him. Said they had a great offseason, said he's keeping to his weight clause at 370. you know, likes the fact that people are sleeping on the team. Like saying all these things is almost like an unofficial mouthpiece for the team getting out there front and center on a very visible platform like the Pat McAfee show where he seemed completely comfortable being somebody to answer for the offseason, the preseason, and what the 2022 team's all about. Hell, he even said that Matt Patricia is doing a great job and is someone that he can learn from because he's showing him, uh, what did he say? the who, what, where, when, and why of how they do things on defense and how that can make the O-line better. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, the, the, that last part, I mean, like I would expect him, he's smart enough and a veteran to to be uh, positive about his new coach, not be like, wow, this guy's a clown. Like yeah, He's not going to crap all over the team and be like, wow, right. this guy's a dipshit. Yeah, no. Right, but, um, you know, the perspective, because I know, like he kind of butted heads with Scar initially when he arrived here and they had some uh, opposing views on hand placement and the way tackles should play. And, and then he finally gave in and played Scar's way and it worked and look what happens. Yeah. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like a father, he wrote Bill Belichick, the Patriots and Dante Scarnecchia a note when he signed that giant contract right. with the so, Raiders. And also, but he did also say not a big film guy. He said he would rather work on the field on his technique and let his technique do the work because if he starts watching film, he says he's going to end up looking for tendencies and not letting his talent be prepared to do the job that it needs to do, which I thought was potentially controversial at first. But then I was kind of like, you know what? I, I kind of dig that. He should be ready for anything thrown his way anytime. And he's a freakish athlete. Like he can get by with, I'm better than you as long as I'm on my game. If my technique is good, my length, my size, my mm-hmm. power, my athleticism, I'm better than you most guys that are on the other side of the line. I mean, sure, maybe there's one or two that are more freakish athletes than him. Um, In terms of the leadership thing, I think that's interesting because he certainly is not a um, classic leader by any stretch of the imagination in terms of his background and, you know, issues staying on the field, right? controversial tattoos. And, you know, I can remember talking about his contract his first time through, like, yeah, I want to hit the lottery. And this is why I played the game, to hit the lottery and set my family up for life with this contract. Like, so I think he he's a non-traditional Patriots leader. But I think we've also seen over the years, Patriots leaders come in all shapes and sizes. They're not necessarily the, the Matthew Slater buttoned up and I do my job and I say the right thing at all times. Like not Devin McCourty, a community leader. No, they're not, you know, yeah. Like sometimes I think Gronk was a leader. Of- I think Edelman was a leader. Yep. Were they the same as, as Matthew Slater? Hell no. Mike Vrabel, very different, but a, a tremendous leader. And you're seeing that now as a leader of a team. As Teddy Bruski was a leader. Yes. Yeah, but do you, different. do you, li- but do you like Trent Brown sort of stepping up to the plate, answering for the team and being front and center in sure. their sort of off season accountability? Sure. I like, we'll I see. love it. I think you need a guy in that role. And obviously the leader of the O-line is David Andrews. Like Mm -hmm. that's the guy. He's the centerpiece, the captain, all of that. But I also think having other guys that are accountable for 
a key position that is also a key position that sometimes is obvious. You either had a good game, you dominated, or you had a bad game, Mac got killed, the running game sucked, what happened? Like those guys are in sort of under the focus, almost like a quarterback. Quarterback, a cornerback, the offensive line, it's usually obvious. Did they play well or they not play well? So we'll see how he handles that as the year goes on. But first and foremost with him, stay healthy, stay on the field. It's great. You want to be a leader? You know how you can best lead this team? At left tackle for 17 weeks. Yeah, be on the field. Be in the huddle. Keep the weight down. Do yep. your stretching. Do all that jazz. Uh, it you know if he, if he's go- the best thing he can do is back up what he said on the McAfee appearance yesterday. Um, and you can tell like Belichick has a. a th- I like. I don't know if this is another podcast. Maybe this would just be a segment on a pod. Belichick's guys, like he's got like a a little co- like a little group, like a little subgroup of guys that are, like he loves Kendrick Bourne because Bourne has cracked the code, makes him smile, makes him laugh. Like you said earlier, he loves Dietrich Wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dietrich Wise does a little bit of everything. Um, obviously, he loves Trent Brown as well. What is it these guys? What is it that these guys in particular do that makes Bill? I won't just say like fawn over them, but like kind of like hold them a little bit closer to his um, tiny little raisinette of a heart. Wow, shot at Bill Belichick there. <laughs> I thought he had a big heart. He does. I'm just I'm giving the people what they want. I'm fall. I'm I fell I fell victim to. Uh, the the cliche when we all know in the rumor, but when we all know he's got a whale's heart. Do whales have big hearts? I'm not sure. Huge. Well, they're very large themselves. So yes, one one yeah, would yeah. imagine. Heart okay. Small. Uh, so what is it about these guys that Bill makes Bill like love them uh, a little bit more? I don't know. I think he is a uh, more complex person than people give credit for. Uh, I think he has a sense of humor that mm-hmm. when guys tie into his sense of humor, they create kind of a little bond. Like he's a ball buster, so certain ball busters work with him whereas certain other ball busters might piss him off um i also think accountability is a big part of it like he doesn't he doesn't have a preconceived notion on guys it's why it works with trent brown right. and Legarrette blunt and whoever else there's another one of his guys yeah, exactly right. like but for him i'll tell you why he likes him he does what i ask him to do he gets in the end zone like trent brown he does what i ask him to do he blocks the guy he plays the position i tell like it's it's i think sometimes it's simple and then in the back end, it's really complex. I think there's a certain like, it's just a je ne sais quoi. Mm-hmm. There's, there's just a, a little something. A little there. certain something that's inexplicable, but Bill loves yeah. having him around. And then Probably of course like the Probably like a team. little comment. Like, I think Bill does this with the media. Certain media members just say certain things or have a certain tone. And like Bill respects it and kind of smirks a little bit. And right. there's other people that could say the exact same thing. And he just gives them the F you throw up oh, face. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, what would you like to, um, add to the, today's little Pat's potpourri? And it yeah. also, by the way, anyone who's watching live on YouTube, Facebook, any questions you have, fire them off. we got about another five minutes left in the pod. Be happy to answer them. Me, of course, positively, politely, and professionally. And Andy will just get his grump on. Go ahead. Uh, you set that up well, because, uh, you brought something up in the off air portion of the podcast. Yes. Future segments on both probably WEI radio and on this podcast, Six Rings, the Jambalaya segment, mm-hmm. Jambolaya for Jumbo Heart. There we go. And I said, I get annoyed because a lot of the quirky producer types on various radio and television programs try to mm-hmm. pigeonhole me as using my last name, heart attack, hearts on fire, heartburn, make me be negative and angry. I don't care for it. I'm a, I'm a very multi, 
multi uh yes you're you're you are a, a layered person in yeah. personality yes but this one actually is a little bit angry um uh, here, nothing- yeah. <laughs> hey guys i'm super positive there's so many nice things about me that you've never discovered now if you'll excuse me i'm gonna bitch about something no i just the this what whole is thing it of rookie draft pick signing like it's a big deal yeah like, who cares it's not it's yeah, not Pierre like- strong just signed his four-year deal whoop d f and do you know what's a big deal when they don't sign and when there's mm-hmm. like that one random outlier whose agent tries to talk him into getting offset mm-hmm. language in the first blah blah but oh my god pierre strong signed no shit they all signed <laughs> like it's all slotted that, see that's how they pay that's how they play on the team right. and how they get paid right it, it's all very simple um so that was just like the the contract signing things in the summer they're all going to sign and if anybody doesn't sign, then we'll talk about it. If training camp begins on July 27th and Cole Strange is unsigned and not on the field, then it's newsworthy, noteworthy, and podcast-worthy. Until then, all these guys signing is irrelevant. Uh, Andy, uh, uh, okay, quick question from Johnny Davis, who's watching Johnny. live on YouTubes. Uh, guys, any chance Nelson Aguilar has somewhat of a breakout season. I still have faith he can be a solid part of the offense. Uh, we've spoken to this a little bit. Uh, can he, Andy? And if so, what are the statisticals that go along with a breakout season for a heavily compensated year two professional wide receiver in Foxborough? Well, I'm going to put it uh, maybe similar to Devon. I don't think he'll live up to his contract. Can he be better? Nelson Aguilar, he can be better. He can mm-hmm. contribute more. And this just brought me another idea for a future Six Rings podcast segment. Yeah, I wish we, if maybe if we, uh, if, if Shime was here, someone would be, can someone take notes? I'll send you a t-shirt if you guys take notes and tell us what all the pod topics are that um, we went over today. Go ahead. Sort of uh, statistical tiering or breakdowns of the pass catchers. How mm-hmm. we could envision good and or bad, maybe like two different versions. If everything goes really well, this is what you see is, because there's only so many balls to go around. So if you predict, you know, it's one of the operating phrases of my life. Yes. If you pick Devonte Parker to have a breakout year and get back to 1200 yards and 90 catches, well, that's cutting into somebody other's chances of having a big year. If, yeah, who's if he eating Jacoby into? Ryan, is he eating into Jacoby or Kendrick Bourne? Right. Exactly. You can't, Jacoby Myers can't, can't have catch 70 catches. Right. You can't have 80 for we, like both of us want Kendrick Bourne to pop this season. Maybe it's going to come in handoffs and in the run game, something else we'll get into when we break down wide receivers. Um, Parker, you know, we want more for John o. Smith. We're hoping Hunter Henry catches 10 more passes. Where's it, it going to come all. from? No, it can't all. It's not going to happen. So uh, can Aguilar be better? Yes. I know a lot of people are putting a lot of stock in. He'll gonna, he's going to get more reps in the slot. That's his more natural position. Can he make some? All I really care is make some plays. When I get to January of 2023, I'd like to look back and just say, Hey, remember that big catch that Aguilar had against the Bills? Remember that big catch Aguilar had against the Raiders? Remember that bit? Like, give me a few of those that'll jump off. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I it's... can think of one against the Chargers last season, and then the touchdown he he had touchdowns. I can only remember two against Atlanta, and then against Miami in Week One, and they were both like slants that he just ran into the house. Right, like not big deals to me. Like playmaking. I don't care if it's thirty balls, fifty balls, whatever. Give me some plays because I think that's what he can and should be for this team. Just a complimentary playmaker. Not all that different than John O. Smith, by the way. I think Mm -hmm. my recalibrated expectations for the two overpaid free agent signings from a year ago. Between the two is, I like to say is, just give me like a half dozen memorable big plays. 
something where I say, wow, that changed that game for the offense. That changed that drive, whatever. So I'd say Aguilar and and Smith, just give me some plays. Like had Aguilar caught the ball in overtime against Dallas, maybe we would have spe been speaking about him differently last season and beyond. You never know. Sometimes one play can turn around a team or at least a player's fortunes all season long. couple quickies here, Andy, and then we'll get out. Uh, from me, I covered this on .com earlier. Uh, a surprise signing, uh, another addition to a very crowded wide receiver room. I don't know what the hell this guy is going to add. Uh, who's Lil Jordan Humphrey, and do you give him any chance of making the team? I would give him a chance to make the team just because he's big. He's got size. He's big. Right. Um, he's got NFL experience in in a system that I think there's some similarities. That's sort of a Parcellian lineage offensively to the Saints and the Patriots. Uh, Peyton is a is a Belichick guy, so he comes from that world. Um, do I think it's likely he makes the the roster? No, because yeah. there's other guys you're hopeful of. I mean, we have a second round pick who, unless he gets hurt, is is going to make the roster, right? In Tyquan Thornton, we need and we need Thornton, Trey Myers, Bourne, Trey Nixon, Aguilar. Well, don't put Nixon in the making the roster. I'm just saying he's in the mix, and now you add another guy who hasn't been here for a year. We'll see. He, I mean, he hasn't been overly productive. I think he had like a career high with like 13 catches for 200 yards last year or something. Um, so we'll see. I, I would not slot him in on the roster. But with this group, I mean, we don't even really know who the number one receiver is. So to, to tell you who the fifth receiver is, I can't tell you who the fifth receiver is till I tell you who the number one receiver is. So it's all up for grabs. Uh, okay, last two real quick. Delusional Patriots fan with the addition of Parker. Parker or Hadley Newer. Does Myers get bumped down for Bourne? Stop shaking your head. No one listening can Terrible. hear you shaking your head, but those watching Terrible. can. Stop it. I don't want to be judged. It was a bad joke. It's a dad joke. It's Father's Day weekend. Leave me alone. I love bad dad jokes. That was not good enough to be a bad <laughs> dad joke. Bombs over bad dad. Uh, also, he continued. That was even worse. Uh, yeah. It feels like Myers is part of the crowded backfield. It's getting a little too crowded. He did only sign the second round tender. There's been no long-term deal. Is Jacoby Myers in a little bit of a prove-it-or-lose-it type season. Because like, I've had him penciled in as a long-term option because he's usually got sure hands, understands the game plans, gets open in small spaces, not super small spaces, doesn't have that, like, twitch. Um, but he also throws a hell of a deep ball. So what do you think? I think he's replaceable. I like him. I like Jacoby Myers a lot, but I'm not going to spend money to keep him. I, I yeah. just... I'm not, and you can't and spend I, eight million dollars on Jacoby Myers. Right? No, like, and that's like you look at the number and say, "Wow, what did he catch? Eighty passes last year, eighty something, right around 80. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, okay, you're a number one receiver, or you're a top pass catcher for a team. What's your paycheck? I just don't think it, it's kind of like when he came into the league. There's a reason he wasn't drafted. Like the disrespect is going to continue, I think, with Jacoby Myers. Yeah, see, 83, see, but at the same time, though, like 126 targets, 83 catches, 866 yards, two tutties, averages a little over 10 yards a catch. Like he doesn't he is score. A good, he doesn't he's plays. a good receiver. He's not great. You've probably seen the ceiling. He's a high floor, low ceiling type of receiver, which is kind of what the entire offensive talent core is built around. And he's exactly. kind of the embodiment and epitome of it. But at they the same time, like, they need upside. But don't you want to have like a utilitarian blue collar portion of your offense that you know you can always depend on? Like yeah, I, just Myers? Don't pay for it. I just don't pay for it. You just don't. Right. Exactly. Especially on a roster where you're overpaying other people and not getting return on investment. Oh, well, that, that would 
absolutely blow from Situate to South Beach if this guy can't be a member of the Patriots because you overpaid Aguilar or John Smith. I mean, that there'll also be more money next year, so maybe that's a different conversation for a different day. I also respect him and would say, much like the Patriots often do, go see what you can get. And I will not begrudge you if you're like Ted Karras and you can get a multi-year deal with guaranteed money. Like, I think he Ted Karras would be an offensive lineman version of Jacoby Myers, the receiver. Like Ooh, he's capable. I, I am all here for that comp. Well right? done. So, and I like Ted Karras and I like Jacoby Myers. And if I'm Bill, you know what I'd say? Wait, they offered you how much guaranteed? They offered, yeah. let's just say somebody offers him like 20 million guaranteed, 15, Whoa. whatever. I'd say, good luck, Jacoby. When they cut you, call me first. Yes, come, <laughs> come back. Yeah. We will leave a spot open for you. You take the Patrick Chung Memorial rejoining the Patriots Highway. You can either get off at the Brian Hoyer or the Matt Patricia exit off the ramp, whichever one makes you most comfortable, depending on which way you want to go around the stadium. His lot in life is he's going to be disrespected for the entirety of his football career. And the last one, uh, just a quick answer on this. Andy, Les Ingalls wants to know, the OBJ to Patriots talk somehow continues to live on. It will not die. Kyle Branch of the NFL Network recently said that he thinks he would be a monster on the Patriots, though he probably wouldn't even be ready until halfway through the season. Despite this now more crowded wide receiver room than ever, what odds do you give for this to happen? Andy Hart, your answer. Um, I'm going to say low. Like, I think OBJ might just play it out, right? Get healthy and sign later rather than sooner. Wait mm-hmm. for somebody to get hurt. Wait for teams to declare themselves. You want to be on a good offense that's playing for something, not a bad team that's just scuffling through a, a, a an average middling season. So, right, if he's healthy in the middle of October, and all of a sudden the Saints are really good, OBJ to the Saints. If right. Buffalo continues to be a wagon, OBJ to Buffalo. If Miami outkicks expectations, OBJ to Miami. If one of the receivers gets hurt in Denver, he joins up with Dangerous. OBJ right. so to the Broncos. I would wait if I were him, and I also don't think it makes much sense for the Patriots. You have a crowded wide receiver room as it is. There's 10 guys right now on the, like, you got to cut a couple injuries will happen. It's football. It it is football. It's It's football. Battle of attrition. Um, (laughs) He's not like the name OBJ is more than what the player is now. He's mm-hmm. injured. He's scuffled through the years in Cleveland. Just when he's about to bounce really good in the playoffs. No, I know for a good offense with a good quarterback like that was rolling, that had other weapons, that had the best receiver in football lining up next to him. Yeah, you don't just he's not a he's not even a B. When a B was troubled, it was like put a B on the Patriots, he's easily their number one receiver. I don't is OBJ physically better than Kendrick Bourne right now? Uh, with a bad with a healing ACL, no, another healing ACL, loose system. Like, Mm -hmm. I just I don't know what he is, like his name and reputation precede him the cart of his name in his in his past is ahead of the horse that is obj right now i wasn't sure if you were going to be able to power that one out but you did and i respect you for it because i appreciated it and that wraps up today's podcast good job andy hart once again you can follow him at jumbo hart i'm at fitzy gfy hopefully shine time is back with us next week we got a lot more positional breakdowns we came up with at least 33 new ideas for podcasts to do you wrote this offseason Somebody wrote them down and uh, hopefully they'll get back to me and I will send them some merchandise from the store. Let's go Celtics. Uh, Camp is a little over a month away, but obviously a lot to discuss until then. Andy and I will be on Saturdays. Uh, This might be our last Saturday together for a while because someone's got some well-scheduled vacation time coming up, but we'll be live from Fenway this Saturday from one to four on WEI. Until then, thanks for 
listening. Thanks for watching. To anyone who was live with us as we recorded the pod today at Six Rings Pod on the socials. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, all that jazz and so much more. Apple Pods, Spotify, and wherever your podcasts are distributed. Good luck. God bless. Go Celtics. Drink up. And as always, go blank yourself. Six Rings Podcast out. Yeah.